Previously on Eleven Fates. It'll be like we never did anything. The destruction of evidence, the sign of true heroes. This curse isn't from nature. Am I on the right path? I don't know. She weren't a woman, were she? The one who broke your heart. I was chosen by the god of nature. And I loved her. And she loved me. We could attain this again. So how do we get it back? We fight. We gotta learn from our mistakes. Gary needs to know where Cass is. What exactly is this warning that you have for me? We need to get out right now. Gary and Cor have one more stop before Gary and Cor come home. But don't worry, Gary will be there way early so Dwarfman doesn't ruin anything. We know G and Cor have history. Do you think he's part of the problem or part of the solution? Why is he always popping up around us? I think there's no way it's going to take Core six weeks to figure out what Core wants to do. Curse of the gods. That's what I was. That's what I was bringing. I didn't stand a chance. Do any of us ever? Uh, there's a beast out to the east. We got to save the twins and everybody else. But they're about 20, 30 feet ahead of them is Brutus. Son of a bitch. I'm going to bargain. I'll take their lies and their secrets down with me. A chosen champion of the gods. Better remember the name Hunted Jewel, because the next time you see me, I'm going to be buying out the whole bar. Welcome to the Tale of Eleven Fates. Late night, whether our party knows it or not, they rode starting in the afternoon quite a far distance. All through the night, dawn is actually peeking up and somehow they got here beyond their means with their trusted steeds out here on the outskirts of Aria, the small town they've spent much time in. And they're greeted by not just a motley militia mob, but at the head of it, one Brutus, a seeker who has been hunting Cass for some time now. And he strides above the crowd and comes up over the now limp chimera, the vile beast that felled a different group of champions, and he leans in. Right, Cass. You don't want your friends around for this. Do you mean to say that you've been here the whole time and didn't think to help? <laughs> I've been nearby. You got baited. Even I can see that. Has it been a whole month? Nope, that's about a half moon above us. That's what I thought. So, do you just want to do this now, or...? How about you all step a little closer? Rowena takes, like, one step and is, like, over him for the last 15 <laughs> seconds of this height thing. Just kind of stares down. Right, you seem taller, don't you? Hadn't noticed. Right. Well, now that you've all come in, listen closely. As Hunted Jewel and Rowena Smythe as my witnesses, I, Brutus Surestrike, decree to one Cassilian Diedrove a formal surrender on basis of false contract. 
and you can just see like sparks starting to shoot out from his chest. What? What was false about it? Cass puts his hands up to HJ, almost to say like, don't speak for me. And then he turns to look at Bruce and goes, what was false about it? <laughs> I think that's the moment when Rowena probably drops back into her normal height and just has a moment of like just looking at everyone, just kind of puts her hands up like, yeah, what they said. It's all right. The review's been started. So buckle up. Hope you don't get seasick. The review? Seasick. And that's when just a spark of lightning shoots out from his chest and kind of just globs into all of your chests with like this warm tingle. And then it just goes in on itself into like a ball of lightning between the four of you. And with a pop, your surroundings are completely changed. And you're now in a big wooden structure with like a, it's almost like a uh, judge's bench, but it encompasses the entire like back third of this big wooden room. All four of you have now just popped into this entirely wooden room. There's one door at the far end. There's a door behind this like desk that stands like four and a half feet tall. And like the back door opens and closes and you can hear some stomping from below the desk and it like comes up and they go up some stairs and then a, a dwarf is there with like some graying hair and he kind of like sits down in a big chair and he picks up this just atrocious like white wig and puts it on and like smacks a little gavel. Cass takes a long look at him and says, hello, uh, hello, your honor will be fine. Liege honor. I'm quite sleepy, though. Brutus, do you know what hour it is? He just kind of grumbles. Right. Anyway, um, why why, are we here? And Brutus kind of just, like, deflates his puffed-up chest a little bit, crosses his arm, and, like, turns to face the judge and gets much closer, and he's like, I I believe there's enough to warrant an investigation of contract created under false pretenses. And I would like to invoke the Seeker's right to preserve life in the face of a worthy foe. <laughs> oh, um. Cass, like, has a big smile on his face. It's like, fuck yeah, worthy foe. <laughs> 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 like, his ego is bloated right now. He kind of stands a little bit taller. Certainly, I think we can do. Uh, Brutus, the, the, the original contract, if you will. And he gives him the thing from within his cloak that you've signed and seen before and he uh, scrolls it out and he pulls out like this bigger file like next to it and starts to begin to compare notes um have them sign these brutus turns around with uh three pieces of paper and hands you each one right these are investigation binds you won't be able to leave the city for the next three days while evidence is gathered at the end of three days you'll be able to come back for questioning if warranted uh, and then a decree will be made Two questions before I go sign in any sort of legal documents. One, what city are we in? Oh, uh, welcome to Alpine's Peak. Wonderful. Great. Second, um, what does this have to do with Jules and I? Uh, your close proximity with one Cassilian Diedrove has been brought up as evidence for uh, the false creation of the outline of the contract. Frankly, I was led to believe... This guy was a drunk, washed up retiree that basically needed torturing for a year. That is certainly not the case. Three of those things are true. So we're going to do a uh, little investigation. This is just signing that you do consent to the investigation. You really don't have to do anything. They essentially just get kind of a general reading of your uh, soul's essence and essentially your uh, combat prowess. It's it, it's 
uh, it was all set up by the God of Order years ago. But anyway, they'll uh, warrant your abilities and jot them down and uh, basically make an assessment of whether the contract falsely set up expectations. And then when I was assigned the contract, set me up for failure. If that is the case, the contract will be voided. I'll get to go about my merry way and you'll be free from this contract. I have a question. And HJ pull, pulls out the map of where the dock and the cabin is. While, while we can't leave the city, can I go to this place? And I point at it. That's not for me to decide. And ha hands it over to the judge. He goes, mm -hmm. uh, technically, yes, but technically, no. The barrier actually ends about three feet into the steps of the dock, so you'd be able to get right up to the edge. But you'd be able to get to tier one where you'd actually be able to access said dock. But if you're trying to reach the end of the dock where that arrow is pointed, I'm sorry, it will take at least three days. Well... Couldn't we just, you know, I'm, we're here. It's pre it's pretty convenient. It's only like 10 more feet. You know, we all want to like expeditious trial worthy foe over there. Let's just extend it a little Your bit. Your Honor, could you limit my movement and increase theirs? That's not really how this thing works. It's kind of an all or nothing. And it's based off the barrier to the uh, eco in the town square. So I'm sorry, but it does not fluctuate. Right, but Brutus's contract isn't with them. It's with me. I, I understand that, but if they don't agree to a willing investigation, they will be unwillingly held in confines until the investigation is done, as they have been identified as interested parties in an active investigation of life or death. This is a contract that has one of you to the death, and so we must treat all active participants in the investigation as though it were a life or death uh, instance. Brutus made it perfectly clear that me and Rowena were not active in this at all. We've been explicitly told not to get involved in whatever this is. It is true, but the actions between you and one Cassilian have been brought into question, and you will essentially be used as a benchmark. I understand all three of you have been chosen by the gods in one cohort. That's true. Yes. Is it also true that you defeated a sea-level uh, threat in the sewers of uh, one daybreak? That is also true. Is it also true that you defeated another threat gauged at a B-level threat that had already defeated another group of champions that outnumbered you five to three? You know, what, you know what happened to those guys? Brutus reports three of them were slain outright. Uh, one has a concussion and uh, two are maimed beyond combat. We agree to the terms. Just get this on with. We'll find something to do for three fucking days. Uh, signature on the line. Yeah, right. Rona just signs it, hands it back to Brutus. H.J. does the uh, burger signature. H.J. catters on the H. Cast takes a pretty long time looking at them, watching them sign it. Kind of looks at them without saying anything to say, like, I'm I'm sorry that you're involved in this, and signs and hands it to Brutus. Obvious remorse for his, his like, friends being involved. Right. Thank you, Brutus. You're free to walk about the city. If you try to leave, you will be stopped by a barrier, but enjoy your time here. I'm sorry you won't be able to see the end of a dock for some reason, um, but you will be able to see it from afar. Please enjoy your stay. Uh, it's my understanding that you are members of the Adventurer Guild. This should help expedite it. Um, and he gives kind of like a bit of a wave of his hands and all your bags start rustling and like three of your badges come out. So you were all given two and one of the sigils kind of comes out. These will help immensely. They they record actions just in case of reviews just like this. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, these came out of your bag. You do wear these, do you not? 
The fucking badges are spying on us? No, no, no they act as a uh, sort of like a um, body camera in case either um, someone tries to jip you or out of a contract. It, it's okay. They, they tend to not record um, any sort of sounds or anything like that. They also become inactive when uh, everyone remains calm. But it's, it's more so for gathering evidence. Make sure you don't uh, ransack a village, kill everyone in town, and then say that, oh, they were all sorcerers. I need 25 yeah, fine, whatever. Yeah, take, take the fucking... Rowena just, like, goes into her bag, pulls out the entire box that was presented in daybreak uh by the godlight and just like chucks it onto the ground in front of the judge's podium like here take whatever the fuck you want and and just heads for the door i i already have what i i, I need uh, enjoy your stay in alpine speak I'll, I'll get that back to her but hey when you go through mine fallen scale iborger superhuman feet happen there worthy of a champion you're gonna want to rewatch it probably two or three times right you you were wearing this when you when you did such an event correct I mean, yeah, it, sure. It, it yeah. uh-huh. feels like, based on all of the things that just fell out of that box, you haven't opened these since you've been given them. I don't yeah, I mean, actually we're... know how useful this evidence will now be. Wearing's, wearing's a relative word, anyway. Yeah, okay, are we good here? Can cast yeah, um, come? Uh, yes, I'll have questions in three days. You're free to roam about the city and... Uh, do what you will with your time. Um, if you are all members of the Adventurers Guild, I recommend getting lodging there. Okay. Cass says nothing and just walks out behind HJ. And Brutus will actually follow shortly thereafter and kind of close the door behind him and, and try to catch up to all of you if, uh, Rowena, you do wait for these other two. Rowena basically walked outside and just, like, waited outside. She just wanted to get out of the building. But while she's waiting for them to follow after, she is going to rip her Bestel in Trade Guild pin that she had put on her breastplate off mm-hmm. and sort of, like, sort of looking at it. She's never really looked at this before. The only time she and Arthur wore them was on market day when they were selling their wares anyway. And now it's just, like, swirling with all the questions and finally just kind of shoves it back down into the bottom of her bag. Cass pulls up next to her and, like, doesn't make eye contact, but just kind of starts looking around his hometown, kind of deciding what to do, and and, and says, quite a performance. I'm sorry, was that a joke or a compliment? <laughs> that That's when he looks at her and says, well, kind of both now. I hope Butch doesn't mind looking after the horses until we get back. I assume that I uh, can kind of um, just like say something and have it be true and Alpine speak yeah. to a certain degree. <laughs> okay. <Absolutely. laughs> uh, I, I think that as Rowena says that, uh, he will start walking towards what he knows to be the best bar in town. The Iron Mug. Absolutely. And it's as you start up this walk kind of as a group that you're actually able to take in your surroundings. You seem to be in one of the higher tiers throughout the city. There are all these elevators that can take you up and down at various points. The city is not just at the peak of where the forest kind of stops and the alpines can actually stop growing. It goes up the side of a cliff that uh, you assume has the end of the ocean based on the maps uh, on the other side of it. There's 11 tiers in total. It's actually one of the smallest cities, but it's still a lot to take in with these tiers just built into the cliffside connected by all these elevators. You're starting to pass by homes carved straight into the stone with well-made dark wood materials. The homes that aren't built into the cliffs have their own massive stone elements as if the stone removed from the cliffs to make one home were then used to make two or three others. And it sprawls up and down 
down as much as the city sprawls outward. Spinning levels kind of take you down to the limited ocean access down at like the bottom tier. It kind of like cascades, almost like stairs down. You do some counting, you're on like the fifth tier, which is happened to be the place of uh, the Iron Mug, the best bar in town, noted by the iron that actually makes up this entire tavern. It's almost entirely iron on the outside. It's got stone and wood elements kind of on the outside. And as you come around the corner, you can see the spire towards the center and it's this town's elemental control obelisk. It's got towers on it that have elevators, but towards the top of it and at above the elevators is a gallows plank. And atop the very obelisk is stone elements that make it look like a sword handle. And you can see that there are nooses ready from the tips. It's as functional as it is terrifying as it is grim. It looks powerful. It looks like a giant sword ready for a god to pick it up and just take it out of the town. And it is living up to its name of uh, the city of war, Alpine's Peak. Right as you get to kind of the doors of the bar, Brutus actually catches up to the three of you. Look, I uh, don't apologize, but I think I have been misled with your character and maybe didn't give you two credit. If you'd like to pass the time, I, I could train one of you. I just, everything I've seen of what you do and how it's done, you've done a lot of good, but you've been surrounded by a lot of bad. I think all three of you are going to have to make some pretty important choices. So if you want my particular brand of combat, just uh, let me know. Uh, enjoy your drinks. You can find me back at the courthouse if you need me. And he'll just kind of turn to walk away. Hey, Brutus. Yeah. Do you know where the Hammerfalls live? Oh, Mr. Hammerfall, yeah. And he, he points all the way up to the uh, top tier. And you would think that any city, the top tier is going to be reserved for like the luxurious. Nope military outposts, uh, spotter towers, and he points up to the nice big building that is the uh, commander's quarters um, that kind of loom over and have the best bird's eye view with like a 360 balcony atop it. Very good. Misses though, she could be found shopping, sometimes cooking, usually yelling. At her husband or somebody else? Oh no, they've they split ages ago. Last time they met, uh, he left with a broken arm. So he uh, makes a point to avoid her. Fair enough, smart man. Cheers. And he'll uh, turn to go again. Cast while opening the door for his two, two allies will say, if you still want a beer, we'll be here. And he'll walk in and not wait for him. Cast is like secretly hoping that he'll walk in, you know, <laughs> but it doesn't want to like set aside the fact that this guy fucked me up. So <laughs> like, but like in his heart, he's like, I hope he walks in. I'll, I'm going to buy him a beer. But yeah, the three of you enter and it is real quiet in here. It seems like they may have just opened. They're waking up a couple people who like fell asleep on benches that they didn't quite see and telling them to get out. But there is like fresh bacon being dropped into the kitchen in the back. It's a nice big stone bar that has like a wooden top over the over the top of it. Seems to have been oiled quite well. You, you can see though lots of water ringlets throughout it. It's serviced many a people here. It's definitely not the, the warm welcome you're used to, Cass, as there's not that many people, and it's definitely a different time. But uh, you, you get kind of looked up and down from a younger guy you don't really recognize. Um, hi, you here for breakfast, I guess? Or a drink? 
I think this is this is the time when like it hits cast the time of day that it is. I think up to this point he had not thought anything about that it was potentially morning and someone was going to offer him breakfast. And that's when he kind of surprised face, but trying to act as nonchalant as possible, says uh, three stouts. And uh, I'll take breakfast too. One breakfast, three stouts coming right up. Three breakfasts, three stouts. Three breakfast, three stouts coming on up. And I I will immediately take a seat at, at the bar, but with my back to the bar. Yeah. So that I can see everybody walk in and walk in and walk out. Rona just silently sits next to you. Yeah, you plop your seats down. It really is seems to be some people who may have fallen asleep just after uh, the kind of, hey, dawn's coming. <laughs> Go home if you have one. Announcement rang out, but they don't really close here. So they're not trying to really kick them out. But yeah, you can hear more bacon and eggs get thrown up on the grill. Stouts get poured, brought on over. Take it all in, watch people move around for a few minutes, and it's about three or four minutes after that uh, Brutus does actually pop the door open and walks on in and sits at the far end of the bar. Cass will just yell, like, towards the kitchen, Four breakfasts! Four stouts! Head pops up, gives a nod, goes back. Younger guy gets to grilling. Cass, are you really not going to take Brutus up on that offer? I mean, like, I'm, I'm not going to say you looked a little rusty when he fought him back at the back of the homestead but you know Cass turns his head and kind of you know kind of scoffs <laughs> do you want to take him up on the offer i'm not opposed to it figure i'm gonna to need to fight people stronger than him at some point in my life may as well learn how to do it how about it kid i have other things i want to do while i'm here so at this point Cass like leans back to kind of spot brutus you know down at the end of the bar do you mind taking hunted jewel as your apprentice he seems able <laughs> Happy to. I, uh, I've seen you throw a punch, and I think one of these would help you. And he, like, gives a knock on uh, one of the shields that's on his back underneath his cloak. If you ever want someone to take a look at those, let me know. Might take you up on that. So, how long has it been since I was in Alpine's Peak at this point? Probably, like, 10 years? 10, 15 years? I think that is what we, uh, discussed. What we about I, I think it was okay. about... I think it was in the middle there, so I think it was 12 or 13. The same okay. amount of years since I met Arthur. That seems apt. That's <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's when I'll, I'll look to, to Brutus and say, so where does one go for oddities these days in this town? Couldn't tell you. I, I, I get all mine officially sanctioned. Me and civilians haven't really seen eye to eye in a while. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. um, there's a new guy in town. He's been hanging out by the docks. You might, uh, Check in with him. He's been, uh, he's gonna ask you to look for his family, but I hear he's, uh, good with those types of things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then, uh, he'll swing around in his chair and he'll, and barkeep! Uh, yeah, um, yeah, um, it's chef, barkeep, a little bit of everything right now. I don't know where the fuck he is, but, um, yeah, um. Chef keep? Yes, what, I'm here. Oddities. Where do I want to go? Like strange looking the fellas good the bad women? the weird or, oh uh like stuff st- anything I'd, oh um god um docks is a good place we we have people come in and out of there we're, we're one of the few active ports so those that have boats use it you never know what comes in fruits things oh uh there's a there's a gnome house on uh tier two uh, catches fire every couple months. That might be a good place to start. Gnomes and ducks. Really living the dream up here in the City of War, then. 
Yeah, uh, always got to be ready for everything. Isn't that true? It's kind of why we're here. What else you do for uh, passing the time, entertainment and the like? You got any uh, rowdy houses, or is it just the uh, drinking and the swordplay? D- depends. I, I mean, uh, oh god, um, leave nights are always a bit crazy. Um, oh shit. Um, and he like goes over and he like flips up a calendar. He's like, "Yep, we have a leave of absence coming up. Uh, so the uh, the cavalry men get their breaks uh, in about twelve hours. So I'm sure they'd be a rowdy bunch." Um, you can always see what a bunch of drunk horses do. Um, oh God, what else? Anything? Um, nice hammer. Uh, we've got forges if you want to tinker. Uh, we've got learning houses here and there. Uh, guilds can provide, uh, uh, tutelage to pass the time. Um, we don't have a great library, but we have, you know, storytellers. Personally, I just work. Fair enough. Well, I'm sure we'll find something to do. Hopefully we're not going to be here too long, but, uh. We'll make use of the time while we've got it. Hey, well, uh, welcome. And yeah, the the camera will kind of like pause there and just shoot up and give kind of like a nice big aerial view. And yeah, it's got like 11 tiers to it. There's all sorts of strange going ons in the distance. There's the constant sound of combat off to the northwest. And yeah, we're, we're going to speed up time here, get you all a bit of a, a break if we want to hand wave these uh, three days. Cassalian. What are you leaning towards? How would you like to spend your three days in uh, Alpine's Peak? I think the the first thing is that I am going to find uh, trees that are within my magical border here to camp out at. Certainly. Um, and then after I've found that and set up camp, I'm going to first go to the oddity shop. And I, I would like to maybe stop by the gnome house first since that's a good place to start quote you make your way down towards the oddity shop cruising along and you notice a familiar face mr broven's here he's got just a like really grizzled like five o'clock shadow and he has a hand-drawn like poster of his wife and son and he's going up to people saying have you seen these two have you seen these two and he like catches your eyes Cassilian? And he, he comes up to you. Yeah, I think when I make eye contact with him, I'll say, uh, so the oddities business travels. No, actually, uh, I, I, I left everything behind. My family travels, though. You you haven't seen them, have you? Your boy? And my wife. When did they leave? Um, just before uh, we parted ways in Aria. Um, I, uh, they, they were gone in the morning. I figured they were just out and about. But by the afternoon came, I, I, I found a note saying that they couldn't deal with the consequences of Dusty's actions. And so they were going to go start new in, 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 in daybreak. They were going to catch a ship for a new life. And I, I, I followed like an idiot and no one's seen them. No one's seen them in, in daybreak and, and no one's seen them up here. I, I, I don't know. I've been here uh, two days now. Um so i i'm i'm just at my end they just vanished in in the night i'm astounded she left me a note and it seems like that note may not have been fully honest other than they're cowards and they leave and we're teaching our son how to be just uh, a coward he just runs away Cass puts uh, his puts both of his hands on on broven's shoulders yeah take a deep breath uh, thank you. 
I, uh, have you tried hiring anybody to find him? I I, I spent most of my find funds him. to get here on, on my own. I, I, I commissioned uh, a few of these to hand out. Um, they, they, they got the likeness uh, uh, pretty pretty good, I, I think. But no, uh, no, I haven't. But maybe I, 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 I'm, a, I'm in a pinch for goods um, and, and cash flow. You need things as an adventure. I, I, I could I could uh, shadow you for for like a week, um, tell you about oddities that come in of the port. They get about two, three ships a day. Uh, strange stuff, small ships, big ships. Um, I, I, I could help source things. Kind of like I could, I could be your consultant, personal shopper. I could. Um... This is this is actually when uh, Cass pulls off his cloak and puts down his bag and reaches in and pulls out the pomegranate and holds the cloak up and says, "Actually, I need information about these two things." He puts the pomegranate in his hands and he says, "Here, let me show you." And that's when he pulls out his sword and cuts through the cloak, like multiple very fast cuts, and then holds it up to him and it's perfect, in perfect condition. And uh, on it are new sort of additions to the tree tapestry. You can see actually down towards the foot of the tree tapestry, there is a uh, cabbage cactus that now has a pile of swords uh, next to it that is like kind of supporting it up and, and are being like cast over in the shadows of it. This has been the first time you've inspected it in a while. And so there's some other things. Uh, there's like a nice little embroidery of those strange beasts that popped out of the road and attacked you kind of uh, in like a like border in some of the corners. And even looking at it a bit more closely, you can even spot uh, off to the sides a uh, water elemental and then a stack of like three earth elementals on top of each other. It's It's been a while since you've looked at it and the, it has yeah. its true form, but there are these little vignettes of kind of your travels all over the place. None of Gary, huh? None of Gary. <laughs> no, no Gary, no conch, no wizard core. There is something strange about it because usually there's been like at least some pattern to connect everything. There is just straight up a green patch that has nothing sewn into it. And it is just mm. a dot that's maybe a little bit bigger than a modern quarter. That's the first time you've seen more than like a quarter inch without a marking on it. Okay. So I, yeah, I hold it up and present it to Broven and kind of give him the head tilt like you you yeah. you didn't you didn't slice through um this is fascinating and i i i will happily research these these properties i i know of some family trade and, and can help identify what this is capable of it's incredibly fashionable though and then i throw it back on and tie it up and then look at the at the pomegranate and do you know anything about that um may i and he, he goes to take it from you yep and it immediately pales in color and loses some scent and then he hands it back to you and it returns once he takes his hands off. Oh, we have much to discuss and we'll like get an arm like underneath your arm since you're holding the pomegranate and like walk you off down a trail as the camera like zooms off over to Jules. You've had breakfast with Brutus. He's kind of just been staring you up and down. Look, um, Brutus, I'm, I'm really excited for this training, but I actually, I, I never think I never thought I would say this as a kid, but I'm the bartender said there's a library here. 
A good one? Uh, I, uh, no, the contrary. He said it was a small one. They had better storytellers. It doesn't have a whole lot. It's got a bunch of picture books. Uh, you might not be interested. Wizard, Wizards Guild. W uh, Adventurers Guild. Um, they they house a few wizards, but not a... No, you, you guys are a, a city of war, right? Yeah. Where do the mages live? <laughs> uh, the mages live out in the training grounds. Um, at least the combat mages do. Guild mages more, more work towards uh, infrastructure, betterment of society. The ones we have specialize in ruin. Okay, but are, are your mages any good? Like, <laughs> the war mages? Um, yeah. They're pretty good. Okay, well, where's the training ground? I need to talk to one. Sure. I'll sponsor you. This uh, this will seem entertaining. Follow me, and maybe you'll keep some of this fur. And he like kind of like picks you up by the shoulder and like walks you on out. Hope you like hiking. And he uh, takes you off to this like trail on the fourth tier that connects with the main road, and it curls just around the border. You have to stay on kind of like the inside of this trail, and it winds up. Each of these steps are like a foot to a foot and a half tall like it's kind of like taking like two or three modern steps at a time with each step there's a ton of them you're, you're climbing up real fast you go up through the trees you've lost sight of the city a couple times and you eventually make it to the training grounds of the army in waiting it is packed with barracks touching barracks touching barracks but thankfully off towards the side of the uh, training grounds you'd actually be able to go into you, you do see kind of uh, three houses and there's a big uh, courtyard in the middle. And unlike everything else, has pristine grass for about 50 feet. And then everything else <laughs> is heavily damaged from like combat, <laughs> from course. horses, from people falling, from long marches. Like everything has been like muddy and gross and not well kept. And then you come to these three houses that are connected by this big round circle of perfectly manicured grass. Right. Yeah. Get to training. Knock on a door. See what happens. H.J. goes to the house on the left. Knocks on the door. Like a little eye slot. Slinks open. There's just like two blue eyes on the other side. What do you want? I'm here for training. What, like ca I've been, caster training? I've been you don't sponsored. look like a caster. Who sponsored you? Well, Brut Brutus? Brutus. Brutus sponsored you? Yeah. This is a trick. I'm, look, I'm not, I'm not a caster yet. You just want to learn magic. But I think that... Wait, you think anyone can learn magic? No, look, I... I oh, you're wrong. I everyone book, can learn magic. I read a book called Unlocking Your Inner Weave, and I, I think I've got some. Oh, big shot talking about the weave. Yeah. What type of magic you want? Um, and HJ realizes that he hasn't really, like, gotten that far. He doesn't know what type what types of magic there <laughs> is. Um, I've been... I've been airwalking. I saw a... Um, a wolf get get summoned. What are the? Are there other types? You want to blow stuff up? You want to go far places? Or you want to protect that yourself? That one. That one. No, the second one. Second one. Right. Yeah. Fuck off. Door on your right, and he slides it shut. <laughs> <laughs> Brutus, this is going really well. I've already been referred to to another one. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You. Yeah. Go ahead. They're they're a bit more welcoming. Walk up. Knock. 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 The door actually opens up and it is just packed with barracks, uh, be bunk beds and bunk beds and bunk beds. And uh, there's an elf that opens this up and I'm like, hi, hi, um, can, can we help? What, what, what's Bruce doing here? 
uh, fu future caster here, ready for some training. I may not look it, but I promise that I'll, I can do it. Brutus thinks I can do it. Oh, 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 okay. Right, come on in. Cool, thanks, yeah. What do we do first? Door's gonna go ahead and shut shut behind you and we're gonna have the camera just swing off over to uh, Rowena. You saw those two leave, kind of just hanging out in the bar. You got a free refill. At some point, Brutus does come back through. Once Brutus rolls back through, she's just gonna lift an eyebrow at him and motion, would you like a drink? I'd like a chat. Your friends are strange. Yeah, did you leave Jules in a ditch somewhere or... Is he actually off learning something? He's he's off with some mages. Um, seems hmm. like he wants to go places fast. That makes a lot of sense. HJ, well, I admire him, I guess. He's uh, he's ready to go places. He's reaching for the future. Cass and I are a little too busy avoiding the past for that. Right. What's uh, your future hold? You got three days to kill. There's a lot of things I haven't done in a while, so if you're looking for a sparring partner, need any repairs on those shields, or just want to keep your bed warm, I'm open to suggestions. I think we could work in all of the above. Cheers. Clink of the glass, and I actually prepared almost all of these, so let's figure it out. Cass, you have uh, some fun oddity things. So you want the cloak, you want the pomegranate, and there's going to be a third day. Do you want a chance at some passing through oddities? Well, shit. Now I don't know. Um, I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna try and kill two birds with one stone, but I wasn't sure how much of that you were gonna let me have. What is that second bird you want? The second bird was gonna be is that I wanted what I wanted is I wanted to go to a weapon shop. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and offer offer a trade. Sure. What trade you got in mind? Well, I have two short swords, though I've only ever pulled out one. I have a spare in my bag. I think you've uh, thrown a short sword before. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and um, I wanted to offer some sort of trade with the gold that I have for a different primary short-range weapon. All right, what, what are you looking at? I was looking at a trident. Roll me a d20. Ugh, not good. I rolled a six. And that's fine, because one of these days, you make your way out to the shop, and Mr. Broven is just kind of your shadow for a couple of these days and as you go into the shop and you like start this haggling process and he kind of just kind of cuts in starts talking starts chatting tacks it up a little bit and yeah they're willing to do an even trade two short swords for a trident wow <laughs> so essentially talk about things i did not expect to work okay you got to use broven's uh skill for your role okay and uh it was against the Smith's role, which was not good. So he had circles talked around him on how he could sell two things instead of one thing. And he's like, well, that's more money. <laughs> two used things instead of one new thing, though. Left that part out. But yeah, upgrade to a trident there, sir. Sick. Thanks. For the other two things, please roll 2d20. And I would like you to add wisdom to one and charisma to the other. Oof. Okay. God, an eight and a, well, do I have to choose which one's which? Yeah, uh, apply wisdom to one and apply charisma to the other. Okay, well then a five for the charisma roll and a 17 for the wisdom. This pomegranate eludes both of you. Fuck. What you've been able to garner is whenever this thing cracks open, because you think it's going to open when it's ready, because everything you've done to try and like even pierce it a little bit, nada. 
when this thing cracks, either something's going to go in or something's going to come out. Okay. That's what you know about the pomegranate. Cloak, though, fucking fascinating. This thing is evolving to your travels, your experiences, and more importantly, the longer you keep onto it, the more properties it's attaining. You may now, once a week, cast Pass Without Trace with this cloak. Son of a bitch. All right. <laughs> so throw that on, on your cloak's description. And yeah, it's it's some research. It's talking over drinks. It's doing weird-ass experiments with it. Not everything sticks to the cloak. Um, it's usually tied to your actions. Um, the cloak doesn't change when it's not around you, but it seems to always get better when it comes back to you. All sorts of strange things and properties. And like Mr. Robin does like try to like keep it a bit hush-hush. And at the end of these three days, you are going to need to give Mr. Broven at least five gold for dues and services so he can continue his hunt for his family. Okay. So a little bit of cost. But then we're going to zoom off over to One Hunted Jewels. Yeah. So real talk. You want to learn just this magic of transportation and moving quickly your three days? Or do you want to take a day at a time and maybe maybe jump around to these other cabins? I think that, that HJ would probably focus on just moving, trying to get close to the airwalk. Um, and like, and also probably poking and prodding at like, Hey, do you know anything about the forbidden magics? Um, got it. Got it. Uh, but, but I, I think that he's like really, really looking to like focus in on moving around, traveling, going from one place to another. Got it. Got it. Give me two arcane rolls. Okay. And then either an investigation or a persuasion. First Arcana is an 18. Great. Second Arcana is a 17. Excellent. And the investigation or persuasion, you said? Investigation or persuasion, whichever one Let's you would go prefer. investigate. I'd rather do investigation. That is a 10. That is a 10. Great. So th this house that you've kind of fallen into, um, you, you start learning about them. That's kind of what this investigation is for and also about the forbidden magics. And, and they let you in on a secret. This is the most populous house because they need to constantly work together because the, the good shit, the good spells, the spells that no one outside of here learns are the ones that they do together. With like-minded casters, they're actually able to reach powers beyond themselves. It's actually what led to the gnomes making all of the small folk disappear, is they yeah, got heard an that. absurd amount of powerful casters together and did an unthinkable spell that drained everyone who participated in it, but also had a worldwide effect. It was crazy, and it, it can compound on itself. They are restricted to only doing it with up to three people at a time. And at one point, they do end up showing you over the course of three days where they're able to come together and they make a portal. And everyone kind of like gets giddy and stuff, and and people like pop their head in and then pop it back out. And they're like, "Oh my god, it's so amazing!" And they and they let you pop your head in so you can see. And you 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 pop your head up, and it's just this beautiful area. It's got blooming trees of every season. There's snow mountain peaks. It's this giant island. It, it is so unfathomably gorgeous. And this portal has opened up just above like this spa. And you look around and there's just 
a bunch of naked women in this spa and you immediately feel blushed and like pop your head back out and you're like what immediately the f- what the fuck was that and they're like that's that's the isle of seasons we don't know who those women are but we we go there for like the the view of it but every once in a while there's people just bathing there it's women this time right and these you realize these are just the nerdiest fucking people does everybody hate you <laughs> what and, and then they like break concentration on the spell and they're like what 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 they could see you doing that. Oh, oh, oh! No, you can't. You can't see through the portal. So, like, we, we no, 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 no. But and they can't. Yeah, so, 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 so they just see a head. Oh, oogling them. Oh, that must be terrifying. <laughs> oh, yeah, we probably stop. And they'll kind of like look around and stuff. But it, it, it and then fast forwards to where they actually get to <laughs> train of you. And th- these you you've garnered that all of these people specialize in conjuration of mm. being able to summon things and more importantly summon yourself other places, uh, th- things of that nature. It's also a mix of schools of magic because I'm I'm looking at this and I'm like these aren't all the spells I thought they had. I don't have it organized by level, which is what I wanted to actually do. You are going to learn a can trip and with your rolls you will be able to actually cast this in combat as a cantrip you are going to get produce flame as a cantrip yes and you have actually mastered it to where not only you can cast it as a cantrip out of combat as well as in combat and you have a better understanding of conjuration magic given the opportunity you will be able to contribute now magical energy towards amplifying a conjuration spell sweet enjoy it and then we pop on over to Rowena. You've uh, started a montage with the one and only Brutus. And I, 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 I'm i sorry, what was on your checklist one more time? The things that I suggested to him were <laughs> if he was interested in a sparring partner, yep. if he needed any repairs to his gear, yep. or if he just wanted to keep his bed warm. Yup. All right. Yep. Um, one of those we're not going to roll on because I'm a gentleman. <laughs> My charisma's not that good, but he's an <laughs> ugly motherfucker, Brutus. so we'll just come to a gentleman's agreement. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For combat training, can I get two athletics rolls? Sure. That is a 15. Great. And a 22. Great. Awesome. That puts you into this fun tier. Um, go ahead and grab the shield master feet and apply it to your sheet. And can you also give me a bowl? I guess a blacksmith tools proficiency roll? Yes. That is an unnatural 20. Very nice. Yeah, you're able to make some serious progress on like his gear itself. He loves the craftsmanship from it between all of the other activities you're doing. And he will offer one of his shields in exchange for yours at the end of kind of your like three days before everyone has to go back for questioning. Okay. The shield that you now get that you drastically improved of his um, is just going to be a pretty plain rounded one. You can change the seal on it if you if you like. Um, I don't recall what his formerly looked like, but basically you get a nice round metal shield. This is going to give you a plus three bonus to AC instead of a plus two bonus. So you essentially have a okay. plus one shield, but it is non-magical, but it is of master quality. Great. We all got to roll so high. Sorry. <laughs> No we're getting words. prepped for that season finale because we're what? scared. Yeah. It's fine. Everything's fine. But what is not fine is various research on magical items, practicing of the arcane, whatever athletic activities have transpired over the last three days. They do come to a close and it's it's about dusk 
when kind of you all get a summons back to the courthouse. And all four of you find your way in. Brutus makes it a point to stand as far away from you as possible. Rowena, he like doesn't know how to... No eye contact, <laughs> mm-hmm. nothing, like fully on opposite sides of the room. Probably mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. the point where the other two notice it, yeah. yeah. Why are you guys being weird? <laughs> where have you been? I haven't seen you in like three days. Oh, look at this, look at this. And he, and he lights oh, up his oh, hand. That doesn't... Oh, okay, you can control... How cool that. is this? Uh, yeah, oh... You should probably not do that in front of the- Do you mind if we get to business? Okay, I'll, I'll put it out. Brutus, um, you, your request has been granted. The contract is now void. Um, you are free from your secret duties of pursuing one Cassilian dry drove. Uh, Cassilian, uh, you will not lose your uh, right to homestead any of your benefits from the city. This contract is here in sense void. With that, I do have a series of questions for the three of you. Brutus, you may remain if you like, as you've brought this to our attention. Right. What is your relationship with the Striped Death? The Dwarven Man, also known as G, also known as the Prince of Destruction. That's pretty good. Rowena just turns and stares at H. Cass, same thing. Please elaborate. I mean, he's been pretty mean to us, but, you know, he he has his own agenda. Are you aware of the immensely powerful nature of the bands around your wrist? No. I was told they were just a trinket. Delightful. At any point, have you seen a change in those items? Cass pulls his off and walks it up to the judge and places it on the table. Used to be all white. It's still all white. Rowena is just like lips tight together watching the other two not saying anything. So yes, it's all white. Has this changed at any point? Right. You can hang on to your belongings if you so wish. You're welcome to keep it. What does it mean if it, even if it did change? It means that it's been activated at least once. But if it's still of the same nature, then it has not activated at all. Are you gonna stop talking in circles and tell us what it is? I don't know that information. All I know is that it has a type of magic that is undocumented by mortals. H.J. is like trying really hard to contain a smile. I'll try and roll for it. It's it's really hard (laughs) for him to do. Deception, which is a negative one for me, would be a 16. Excellent. Um, you, you, you crack it a little, but by the time he looks over at you, it's gone. Right. I, uh, will happily take this. Um, other concerning roads that you may have gone down. The rumors, Wizard Cornelius, a.k.a. Wizard Cor, a.k.a. Friend Courtney. Do they have any validity? Depends on what you've heard. That, uh, they're a raging bitch that likes to cause a wake of destruction and demand things of people? Then that's pretty accurate. They kidnap kids, too. Yeah, that one. You, you, you can see this judge, like, lip start to quiver and just visually shaking. And, um, did they confirm Friend Courtney and Wizard Cornelius are, in fact, the same wizard core? Technically, if we're getting real technical, the person whom we met, female appearance, who introduced themselves to us as friend Courtney, 
said that they had taken on the appearance of someone else, but was confirmed, well, explained to Jules and myself as being the Wizard Cornelius or the Wizard Core by the aforementioned Striped Death. They didn't deny it when we confronted them with the information, but technically the information of them all being the same was given to us by G. Judge spins over and vomits into a bucket. And, and it's at this point you kind of like take a look around and Brutus is sickly white. Rowena is just going to walk over to Brutus very subtly, slip a cookie into his palm and sort of like pat him on the back of the hand and then walk up to the judge's desk and be like, do you need assistance? No, I would like Cassilian Diadrove to tell me where he was for three days when out of reach of the psychic connection that the contract linked between him and Brutus. Cass, I think, has been sort of just like staring down at his feet, waiting for all of this to unravel. And then he hears this question and he looks up. I'm not sure. But I am sure that it is where Wizard Core goes when he is not here. Right. Were there any others there? Can, can you roll me a deception as well there, Cass? <laughs> Just because I saw Nestor face, and I think yeah. that is also potentially Cass face. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was me mulling over whether or not I was going to protect Gary or not. Gary's your best friend. You're going to just... Throw him out like that? <laughs> whoa, whoa. He is Gary's best friend. That's that's a good point. four. A four? Um, yeah, you, you, you your, your face just has that involuntary action of like a smirk, like a grimace, and then like a... I, one, two, two, three? How, how many? That's when he repeats the phrase, Slowed Wavan Noel Kapfator. A demon or monster or other world being who repeats that and a miserable creature who will never stop talking. Do you have names for either of these individuals? <sighs> Gary Estley. And like he he goes and starts immediately searching for Gary and he, he then he just stops and like almost breaks his neck looking back to you. What was that last name? Estley. Brutus faints. Judge just slams like the the like drawer that he has shut, and like goes back, slams the door behind him, and is just gone for like thirty seconds. Comes back, opens the door, slams it behind him. Comes out, puts a, ch a chest on top of it, breaks like three locks off of it, pulls it open, and pulls out just this like weird looking sheet of paper. Esley. Esley. Right. Um, I don't know what to do. I don't, I don't understand what could possibly d be done in a situation like, and it's then that the doors just burst open and there is just a muck out on the streets. You can see soldiers marching back and forth and over the shoulder of some crier that walks in and you just start shouting, S level threat and fallen scale. All hands report for emergency deployment. The army in waiting waits no longer. 
and then just shuts the door behind him and it like pops back open and there is a blinding light from the southwest that has now started streaking a beam of energy up into what is now a somewhat visible dome and it catches onto it grinds and then shoots all the way from the southwest horizon line up and over alpine's peak and crashes into the sea and it just has this strange crashing sound that ripples over the city for about 30 or 40 seconds how 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 i didn't sound the alarm how is this possible because they fucking lied. It doesn't take them six weeks to get back. Fates be with us. The city immediately mobilized. This door fell off its hinges, and the sight to behold is various colored flares have been popped up all over town. At each flare, you can see groups of three mages joining together in hands and now creating these large portals big enough for 10, 12 people to go through them at a time. And through them are just squads of maybe 30 to 50 people running through in formation. In a matter of minutes, hundreds of soldiers have been deployed now through these portals. And after about five, six minutes of taking this in, Brutus wakes up, gets to his feet. The judge has ran off and seems to have grabbed someone to start casting messages about what the hell intel they may have just gotten about what could possibly be happening. And all of a sudden, as fast as it started, town's eerie and quiet. Hundreds, if not thousands of soldiers have now marched through and vanished, even non-combatants it looked like went through most of these portals brutus has kind of just stayed behind catching his breath and you're kind of all just at the top of a tier the flares are starting to burn out your your lock on the city has now been withdrawn by the fates what have you three gotten into love it if you could tell us we've just been trying to live our lives <laughs> oh, that that last name you had not gary i, I I know plenty of people named Gary. I could give a rat's ass about Gary. Oh, that other name. It's not the name of any mortal. I will s swallow the sun with darkness. That is the name of a missing red dragon from year 25. Missing? Oh yes. Body never accounted for. Remains never discovered. The last known record was... Hundreds, if not thousands of people, having spotted it going into combat against the God of Light. Even the God of Light has no idea where it went. So yeah. And Wizard Core is why all this got started. <laughs> Year one. Uh, crazed, powerful mage, empowered by evil dragon magics that was able to rule and conquer over other mortals. Challenged the God in open combat. And then never showed. <laughs> left ruin and fear wherever they woke and just never arrived for a duel with a god in year one a missing unknown threat one of the original causes for this cataloging of unknown and forgotten threats that may one day show up for the army of waiting to address and now we have deployed thousands of troops i hope it's enough <laughs>
I don't know if it's a consolation or a warning, but Striped Death is waiting for them outside of Fallen Scale. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. We've heard reports of their sudden good nature. We also know their stone death is in 14 months. As far as we know, they're a loose cannon. If I think back to the way that friend Courtney presented when we first met. Yeah. At the time, looked pretty generic, didn't look like anyone that I recognized. Mm -hmm. But if I think about it now, can I envision enough similarity between that presentation and the way that the God of Light presented themselves to make a connection there? Roll me 3d20. That's a lot of d20. It'll be guy. fine. Maybe, yeah, no, no. I didn't tell you to add anything to it. Nothing bad can happen. I know. That's uh, why I'm a little wary. Well, you'll appreciate this spread. A five, a 10, and a 15. That is dope. You think back and you're trying to like put faces and things. And the stuff that immediately comes to your mind is bumping into the god of life at the burger. Bumping into the god of the grave and hearing the stories about lefties encounters. Every god is larger than life, is some sort of unknowable, impossible presentation of themselves and some sort of aspect that they have. However, God of Life was the most bland motherfucker you've ever seen. And the stories of what you know of the gods don't make it completely unheard of. That that could have been the God of Light or a representation of the God of Light when they are not presenting as a fate. Right. When they are trying to act as a mortal. Great. And can I get perception checks from all of you? 12 for HJ. 21. Unnatural 20. It's hard for you to make out HJ, but you can definitely hear some like far off call being made. But for the other two, you can clearly hear... Fast approaching ship off the eastern side. Fast approaching airship off the eastern. Fast approaching multiple airborne ships off the eastern side. B battle stations for those of you in town. And like a bell starts ringing and no one is mobilizing. Brutus, did you guys deploy everybody? Yeah, we've we've never had a need to, 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 to fight an S tier threat like this before, but we could... How, how's one expected to fight to, to, what, 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 and, and he like goes running down to like the next tier to actually get a look towards the eastern side. And if you follow after, you do see an airship that is gray with a red tip that is now coming through what looks like a hole in the sky. But it's, it's strange. It's kind of like you have the night sky as the sun set while you were inside and you have kind of like the star pattern, but then just off is the star pattern just a little bit off to the side. So you can see kind of like this big broken hole just above the fog that rests on the horizon that's quickly dissipating. And this ship is coming out of the fog and behind it, you can actually see like a small island off in the distance, which you've all looked at world maps before. There should be nothing in a visible light beyond that horizon. That has been ocean for a thousand, two thousand, forever. And suddenly now there's this like mismatched hole that this airship is now coming through. And as it's getting closer to town, you can see just like these massive kites coming off of the side of it and approaching the town even faster than the ship. 
Hey, Jules, give me a wisdom roll. Would love to do that. Your favorite. Thank God. 19. <laughs> um, you have been spending a lot of time with like these mages and they, they, they were talking about a lot of things about mobilization and things like that, as well as uh, targets that they always tend to go for. And one of which is breaking up uh, modes of travel. So if they were to ever siege somewhere, they would intentionally drop people on like the outskirts and then come on in, making sure to cut off things like trade routes or shipping supplies. And you remember that the thing you need is at the end of the one dock in town and there is now an enemy force entering town through the seaboard. Guys, I need to go get something at the dock. I don't know if you guys want to come with it, but I'm going to just keep up if you can. Look, I, I'll, sorry, I, I, I got to go. And HJ just takes off running as fast as he possibly can. Yeah. Cast turns quickly to Rowena and is like, you know, with his arms, is waving his arms, shrugging kind of, what the fuck was that? And then he turns back and grabs Brutus by the collar and drags him along and after after HJ. Yeah, you beat me to it. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Rowena will just run up behind and kind of similar to when we were bailing out of the plateau and fallen scale, hands on both your backs, sort of like not actively pushing from behind, but keeping everybody propelled forward. Just like, let's go. Point of order. We got a long rest in those three days, right? Yeah, it was. Thank you for asking. Okay. That. Yes. Thanks. You all slept. You did not stay up for 72 hours. I mean, I kind of slept. To. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you have found rest in your own ways and Thank feel you. recharged and rejuvenated. <laughs> Fucking monsters. But yes, <laughs> you, you, you start making your way, running towards this dock and the large ship off onto the horizon has all sorts of uh, sails not only upright, but kind of off to the side at like 30 degree angles, as well as you can see very long, almost like an arrow off to the sides of it, oars now, like just churning through the sky, bringing it closer and closer. But the three big kite-like things that kind of shot off to the sides have been able to make their way closer to town. As you get down to tier one, the first one drops a pod. It's about 12 feet long, and like 24 feet wide and just comes crashing into the earth behind you. So it's now kind of at like the border of like one and two and the top of it just bursts open and three dwarves with just completely gray and white hair, gray and long beards pop up. The like measly forces that have been able to gather are like some militia men that come through and all three of these dwarves just kind of swipe their hands up into the air and like 20 or 30 militia men, like the, the leftovers that weren't deployed, just all fall asleep and fall over. Slackers. And are just now a big pile of sleeping soldiers up on the second tier. You're able to make your way down further onto the tier one. The dwarves there seem to have like dispersed. And as more people come, hands just getting thrown up, kind of like almost riding a wave of kinetic energy up. And they're just putting groups and groups and groups of people that are trying to report to the seafront to sleep. You start making your way down towards the dock. Um, I think you're beaming it towards your thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because your map has has it and it's like under the dock on like the second to last post is kind of like oh where yeah it would be drawn. dock this cat ain't afraid of water instant dive <laughs> just full confidence that i will be able to get it 
and I'm just gonna dive using all of my actions for movement. Oh yeah, certainly. Yeah, you, you definitely get towards that end. Like also willing to use a key point for movement if that'll make it, make it so I can get it in this turn. I was gonna give it to you, but it is tempting to take that point away from you anyway. But no, you're, you're definitely first one on the dock <laughs> by quite a lead. You move 10 feet faster than everyone else. You go off, you bound off the dock, nice big old dive and you dive down. Water is pretty clear, is also very cold, but you can see kind of in this lower second to last one, there's, you know, buildup of like various crustaceans, like the clam. The, the stuff that would normally be on the other side of a dock, but there's definitely some like bigger offshoots that look very strange and bizarre. And you're able to make your way down there and start just clawing at them. And underneath all of these like scallops and clams and barnacles, you are able to dig out like a nice big piece of coral before needing to surface again for air. I want to hold it up to my ear. Do I hear anything? Bubbles, you're underwater. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Yeah, and I, I go to surface. You definitely go to surface. You have that splash, that air coming back into your lungs. And yeah, the, the immediate up to the ear, you can definitely hear whispered pains like growing and swaying. These are much more guttural though. And like lower down, this feels like someone has a dull pain. Just, uh, and it's just more consistent. It's more like it has a tone. Mm -hmm. than anything from it and it's just constant it doesn't have that sloshy high pitched breathy in and out pain that the juices of the cactus had this is just a just kind of endless but yeah it's definitely there guys I got it when the three of you get to the dock along with Brutus there is a Jules that has like seven or eight inches of coral in his hand He's bleeding a little bit. It's sharp, but I mean, he's he's got some tough calluses to actually handle it. Toe beans. He's Bob got beans. some rough toe beans. <laughs> Give me that catboy shit. Catboy shit. You're all fired, every single one of you. <laughs> but yeah, you're, you're able to kind of like get down on your stomachs and get him up and out of the water. And that is when two more pods land just off the coast being dropped from 50 or 60 foot long, like arrows that are able to just pick up wind and you look up and there just seems to be a crew of halflings just pulling on strings and ropes and things and they seem to activate some sort of uh, device that dropped these pods and from one pod pops open coming out five kobolds and from the other pod opens up and pops out five goblins Rowena looks, points, looks at the others and goes, that doesn't exist, right? But we, we saw it. We saw, we saw the ship. No, no, no. But we talked about this already. The halflings have been gone for centuries. What the hell yeah. are those little dragon dog things? Brutus just like finally gets his wits about him, throws his cloak off the side of the pier, grabs both of his shields, and just lets out a blood-curdling roar. The waiting army waits no more! And just goes charging into battle. Oh, for fuck's sake. Wait, sick? Sorry, I just <laughs> yeah. turned into a viewer for a second. Sick AF. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I think I'm just going to take that energy and translate it for Cass. Cass looks at him and sees this sort of action and hears what he yells. And for like a brief second is overwhelmed with like the memory of being a part of the waiting army and the memory of being selected as a champion. And fuck, I, 
and I think reaches from behind him, and this is the first time you guys see that, like, even though it's kind of a big object, now in his hands is like a The cloth falls off of it. Silver <laughs> trident. Yeah, I think, I think the cloak probably helps hide it on his back. Maybe it makes it smaller. But like the second he pulls it out from his cloak, it's full a full size trident that's there, and he throws the two like the two sides of his cloak over his shoulders as though to like make it into a cape, and a hundred percent chases after Brutus with that same roaring like for the peak. Yeah. <laughs> you have now entered combat. Go ahead and roll initiative. The other two, would you like to also enter combat? Rowena is going to look to Jules, kind of like make sure she's got his attention, and just be like. Show me where you're keeping those, indicating the coral and referring to the the jar that she knows he has as well. Jules like basically puts puts the coral in his belt and then palms his like cloak pocket that that he's had this thing with, and it has like a zipper on it, which is zipped. Rona just nods. This is the acknowledgement of I'm making note of this in case something happens, and then she just goes, "Right, so we're following their dumbasses, yeah." Yeah, I, I think we got to. At some point, I'd like to get on that ship, but uh, for now, let's. I think everyone needs to come out of this alive. I don't think getting on the ship is a priority as much as staying alive. And slings the shield onto one arm, whips out her sword, and goes running after the others. Great. Go ahead and roll initiative as well. And it looks like everyone's jumping into initiative. Let me jot down some of your numbers. So 22 for HJ. 16. Rowena, what you got for me? 12. Nice. Brutus, we're slotting in here. It is Big Whoppin' 13. Attaboy. Those guys there, and then we've got those guys there, and we got those guys there, and then that happens at that, and then that happens at that. Let's go. Love hearing that. Okay. I mean, he described, like, all the things, so. Yeah, don't worry about it. You say that so often. What initiative is the ship on? Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Wait, what'd you say? <laughs> what initiative yes. is the ship on? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and so that's a good point and added and another docket yeah. to the uh, yeah. list. At least we know Brutus is in the initiative. Jules, you got the jump as well as the speed, even though you're coming from the backside. Let me paint the picture for you. You four are on a dock. We've got Brutus and Cass slightly forward. We've got you two just 10 feet behind them. Your first wave of combatants are going to be five kobolds that are lined up. Just behind them, about another 20 feet, you've got five goblins. And then behind them on the high ground at the kind of the area between this first tier and the second tier that you may need to get up, if you would like to escape, we have uh, three dwarves um, up on the crest. Cool. I'm going to run up to about, we'll say, 10 feet away from the kobolds and you know, use a free action. Are you guys from the past? <laughs> and, and then like one of them gets elbowed into the side. No. We've been waiting for our opportunity. Stand down. We don't want to fight. Neither do I. Why don't you stand down? What? We have an objective, but we don't need to spill blood. Stand down as like all five of them brandish daggers in one hand and slings now whirling above their heads in the other. Tell me your objective and then maybe we can stand down. But it just looks like you're here to hurt people. We've yet to hurt anyone. Then tell me your objective. Yeah, you can't do that in one combat. That's where they, they stop talking. Okay, and then I'm going to ready an action that if any of my friends get hurt, I'm going to attack. Clarification right now. Is Brutus your friend? Yes. Great. Oh, that was so fast. I thought you'd have to think about that one. It's beautiful. It's budding friendship. You guys can see the weird awkwardness between Brutus and Rowena and when 
oh, we should probably protect him, so they're, they're going to have to talk about that later. <laughs> Any friend of Rowena is a friend of... <laughs> a friend no, it's just because you guys want to eat popcorn and watch that conversation eventually. <laughs> we want to hear that baggage get unpacked. <laughs> and remind me, how far away did you say you were from the kobolds? Ten feet. Ten feet, mm. great. Cass, you're up. You see HJ approach. He runs past you. God, he's fucking fast. It's annoying. And has like a brief conversation with the kobold as like you're running up and you hear all of it. But he stopped at about 10 feet. What would you like to do? Since I have the trident in hand, I'm going to rush the one that was responding to HJ. And what I'm going to try and do is like, and hear me out. Maybe this becomes like an athletics check. I'm going to take the trident and just scoop one of his legs in between two of the like points. And I'm going to like wrestle him and try and like scoop him up, grab his arm and try and wrestle him so that I can talk to him. <laughs> Meanwhile, being unbothered by the rest of them because they see that I have him sort of as a hostage almost. Got it. Got it. Yeah. This is going to be in athletics and I will let you okay. know. This would normally yes. be like a combat maneuvery type of thing, but I'm gonna give it to you. But if you fail, you are gonna lose control of your trident to this cobalt. Fuck. Are you giving me the opportunity to change my mind? Absolutely. Like you, you know oh, well, that fuck this it. is I've already a risky made up my mind. maneuver. Here's roll. Oh yeah, yeah. Get in there. <laughs> I rolled a six. The waiting army waits no longer. <laughs> I love challenge. <laughs> Yeah, you, you roll a 16 and you get it under him and you lift him up and you see his tail unfurl, grab onto the trident and he just kind of tucks into it. So you get him up and then he drops down and whips the trident out from your arms and now has it bared in front of you. Sick, sick, yeah. This is perfect. I'm actually totally in love with this. <laughs> Okay, so that grapple attempt failed. That, that grapple attempt failed, and you've used most of your movement. You have a bonus action. No, uh, that, that'll be the end of my turn. Great. Yeah, as just a free action, this cobalt just kind of like shakes it like side to side and just says, yeah! And that is going to bring up the dwarves up top. So the dwarves are going to lock hands with each other and then going to do like a like wave-like motion between them and then all shoot their hands up at the same time. And... It's not quite a wall of fire, but like a grouping of bonfires start popping up as like small moats just behind the kobolds. And they give out the order of fall back. And so there is essentially a like wall of fire that is 25 feet long that are made out of like all these bonfires that just popped up. And now all three dwarves are uh, holding onto their hands. And that brings us to Brutus, who waits no more. Um, yeah, he is just throwing himself in. Rowena, what you got for me? I just wanted to point of order that I did shove a cookie into his hand earlier, so if he wants to eat that, he will get two temp hits. Great, yeah. I think he would have he scarfed it. He doesn't have it. to, but... Uh, he would have scarfed that down pretty much. Yeah. At, like just before his blood-curdling cry. So yeah, he's got crumbs on his face. I'm going to give him those two hit points. And he is going to throw himself directly into two other kobolds just off to the left flank. He wants a, a way to get deep into the back line. That sounds about right. Mm -hmm. And he just comes through and basically just both of his shields off to the sides, smashes them together, picks up two kobolds, and then makes both of his like shields clink through their bodies and then just rips through them off to the side and begins progressing over the line of fire that just popped up, <laughs> makes his way clear over the uh, fire line, 
and is now trying to engage with the goblin line in the back. That is going to bring us up to Rowena. You just saw Brutus just clap two kobolds together and then <laughs> throw four pieces in four different directions as he like burst through where, where their left flank was. Just a lot of like nodding, like, okay, right, that's okay. This is where we're at. Cool, cool. I do not have range. So I think I think Rowena is going to run up to where whoever is closest to the kobold line is, so probably to Cass. Yeah, Cass would be slightly closer. I think that's I think it's gonna be run up and post between where Jules and Cass currently are to kind of get in that like Yeah, yeah. You you can basically form like an L. So if you want to be up front with Cass and still five feet in between them, or you can be behind Cass and next to Jules and make kind of like an L formation. I think the idea is gonna be more like next to Cass and a little bit in front of for the time being Jules, knowing right. that he'll probably surpass me. Yeah. And I'm going to sort drawn just post and ready action that if either of them are attacked I will take an attack on whoever's closest. Got it. And then is there anything else you'd like to do? Not at this time. So the kobold then with the trident just kind of shakes it back again. Declare yourselves non-combatants. Your friend has chosen his fate. And he will tactfully retreat so he doesn't provoke an attack of opportunity. And he's going to back up 10 feet. The other two are going to back up as well. But the other two still have their slings ready. And they're going to chuck those at Brutus because clearly he is a combatant. And they're going to whiff real hard. Rocks go sending his way. And he kind of just does one swipe back and deflects both of them. Just spins and like tucks down to try and like gore through the goblin line. And they have now retreated to the other side of the firewall since I didn't really do this on my turn, can I free action in response just shout, like, if you don't want to fight, then what do you want us to do? Stay out of the way! And the, that's when he'll, like, disappear through kind of, like, the wall of fire, like, goes down a little bit and then back up again. And then the goblins are going to swarm fucking Brutus. You know what's fun about them all going at the same time? That you just roll all the dice at once? Yeah, but also fucking pack taxes. Fucking amazing. So yeah, uh, five goblins with spears just kind of go in on Brutus and he's able to deflect like the first three pretty handedly and he gets two spears just into him and one of these goblins just kind of like jumps up off the other side and just gets him like directly above and you can see like their tiny spear just go in and out of him and that spear went in probably like seven or eight inches like into one of his top ones and he lets out a huge yell and is now surrounded by five goblins. And then the halflings go and have advanced their tracker one. I think I have a a held action. You have a held action to make an attack. Brutus was attacked. He is going to be about 20 feet beyond you. But there is a no longer a kobold. The kobolds would now be about 15 feet away from you. There's a uh, firewall 10 feet in front of you. Guys, are we we just going to let Brutus die? We need to know what they want. They say they don't want to fight, but I don't know what they're here for. Cass, any, anything? They don't want to fight, but they're still fucking fighting. And Cass is like still tracking his trident. <laughs> nice. Um, Actually, I'll take a perception check. Please. 19 for HJ. I also rolled a 19, Cass. 
22 for Rowena. Yeah, you're all kind nice. of like surveying, trying to figure out what the fuck they're actually trying to do. You can still see plenty of people sleeping on the second tier. They seem to be in no imminent danger, but all of you kind of track up past the dwarves and you can see the like hang gliders that were up there. The halflings seem to have dropped the hooks that were carrying the pods and have attached them to that crossbar on the elemental control obelisk in the center of town. Yeah, going for the eco. Damn it. Of course they're going for the yep. eco. Okay. And that is going to bring us back up to the top with Hunted Jewels. You did have a held action. No one was really within reach because the closest person yeah. was in 15, so sorry. Mm. But um, okay. yeah, there's a wall of fire that's going to take a deck save to get through. There is three kobolds just on the other side of it. There are five goblins surrounding Brutus, and there are still three dwarves about 50 feet away, and as well as they're up another like 25 feet. There is like a lift that you'd be able to like hop into and then get up through the next round, um, and where you could try and find a way to get 25 feet up. Yeah, I think I want to start making my way towards the dwarves. Happily, we'll use feline agility, double my movement to 80, and sure, sure. we'll make those deck saves and start climbing as well. You had a really good perception earlier, so I will let you spot the trail. So a lot of these houses are built into this like cliffside that separates kind of tier one to tier two. But in that, there are like wooden struts, and you can kind of navigate almost like a path to like run up some support beams and make your way up. So it's kind of like you're just going up at like a 45 degree angle. I'll give you an ac acrobatics check to get up there. Love that. Ooh, that's a nat 20, baby! For a 25! <laughs> Smooth sailing for you. You pull some Jackie Chan shit. You, like, bound off of this stuff. One of the things is, like, kind of loose, and you kick off of it and actually create an easier path behind you if anyone were to follow it up as you kind of, like, fortify the loose bits and just into, like, one thicker strut path that you'd be able to go your way up. But, yeah, you're able to land up top. The three dwarves have their hands together, raised up into the air, and the one closest to you, I'm going to say on the right side, just kind of gives you a bit of a side eye. Boy, you seem smart. Just stand out of the way. I'm going to need you to take this fire down and we can, we can fucking talk about this. They, they give a, a, a quick look to each other and they go ahead and break their arms and then they fall into like just a defensive posture, the three of them in like a triangle and that firewall drops down. Why do you want the eco? We don't want it. It needs to be destroyed. Will that stop the dragon? What dragon? Why do you want to destroy it? So we can come home. And that's going to bring us up to Cass. Cass, realizing that the wall is down initially, I think Cass was reaching for his bow, which now you realize has also like just shrunken down under the cloak. But, you know, no special properties or anything like that, Mark. Mm -hmm. Don't worry. You don't have to punish me. But <laughs> <laughs> Your hand falls but, off. Um, I mean, starts to pull it up and then watch, like watches the flame wall fall down, kind of tilts his head and looks up, notices HJ, and then puts it back and full sprints to try and grab the trident. And as he full sprints, he's just like, I just got this. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, go ahead and give me an athletics to wrestle this kobold uh, for the trident. 16. You rip it out of his arms. This is like a tiny little kobold. He's like three and a half feet tall. But yeah, you come up, you grab it, you rip it out of his hands. He didn't have a good hold on it. Like his hands, the claws are a bit too small to actually wield it properly. 
no, I mean, I, I, I'm not even going to try and pretend that Cass is even thinking about dialogue right now. He is in, he is in full defend his city mode. Uh, and he will grab it and, like, kind of do a, a pose and spin it and then just stab full force into this kobold who was holding it from him. Go to town. Roll to attack. Oof. That good, huh? Oh, yeah. An eight. An eight does not hit. He flinches Excellent. and his, like, partner next to him with his empty sling just, like, grabs onto him and, like, yanks him out of the way a little bit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if they I didn't see. have each other, they wouldn't have much. Uh, but, yeah, this uh, sniffling little kobold, like, definitely had the... <laughs> and, like, flinches. He thought he was going to die and his friend had the composure to, like, yank him over a little bit. That will be the end of my turn. Excellent. <laughs> Oh, you have a bonus action if you want to use it. No, I know. I have, yeah, that's, that's it. Uh, that brings us up to the dwarves. We just want to return home. Let us. I think that's fair, but I think if you had a talk with the city, maybe you could have came to an agreement. You didn't have to attack it. <laughs> Look, just... You know so little. Yield. We don't mean to cause harm. If we did, they'd be dead. And they, like, gesture over, and there's, like, just 100 people sleeping up on this tier. Why don't you call the attack off? Let's talk about it. Uh, we did not draw first blood. He did. And they all point down at Brutus. And the other two in the back are going to produce flame and just chuck two fireballs at him. One is going to sink true and just singe the top of his bald head. No chance I can react for him. Please do. I will cast Absorb Elements. Okay, I, I thought you were going to, like, yell out in pain or, like, oh, throw damn, out, like, a, a fun cheer. Will you let yeah, me do yeah. that? Fuck no. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's, that's just, you're like, oh, cool, this spell does one thing. Can I completely warp it into a different... Yeah. It's a reaction. It is a reaction. <laughs> Target self. But knowing you want to do that, like, maybe you could practice some shit in some other downtime some other time. This is um, killing me because I'm so far in the back and I have mm -hmm. all the reactions that cover other people. Yeah, <laughs> Fuck yeah. me. It's uh, pretty funny. Roll better initiative. Um, but yeah, Got him. He, he takes... Uh, so those two fire away, and the other one is willing to just sit and have a conversation with you as you have yet to attack anyone. And that brings up the new combatant. What? So from up on high, you can see just like this 20-foot tall figure just leap off of the top tier and land kind of at the other side. And just drawing their head up is this loosely feminine face with like this neck beard, one breast, and just the craziest set of like wicked looking armor. And two hands go out and just massive axes come to their hands. And Jules, you'd be the only person to see this, but the God of War has just armed themselves. Hmm. And they are just going to slap their axes together and the two dwarves that actually attacked Brutus just go sailing off into the ocean. They basically get catapulted and just sail like 300 yards and just start skipping across the surface of the water. Shit. And there's just a big gust of wind that goes past all of you. And there's now just one dwarf and he looks over and just starts slapping his chest. Garmont, Garmont, Garmont. Uh, and begins chanting. Uh, Brutus is up and is going to 
flail at some goblins and is going to connect on two goblins and is going to essentially do the same thing he did earlier of just picking up two goblins and just like clanging them above his head, throwing their remains and just the god of war is with us. And it, it seems to just be in the thick of battle. Uh, there are now only three goblins that remain, one dwarf that remains, three kobolds. Yes, three kobolds. And that brings us up to Rowena. You can see the top like outline of someone on the second tier and like two giant axes in the air. Can I get a sense based on like proportion that this might be a fate? Just knowing that like- Yeah. Okay. You've seen enough that you're like, oh, yeah. no, what? Just, like, you also saw the dwarves go flying. Yeah, well, just between everything I've seen and the fates that I've run into and the stories I've heard. Oh, gods. Okay. How far away from me are, like, Cass and Brutus at this point? I know is further away because he's at the dwarves. Yeah, he's up top of the dwarves. He would be, like, 45 feet away. Cass would be, like, 10 yeah. feet in front of you because he went up to the goblin that was behind that wall. And then um, Brutus is, like, 25 feet in front of you. As all of this is happening, Rowena is just kind of looking around and this is kind of the worst nightmare scenario of just every level of this is something she does not want to be involved with and is completely counter to her desire to just disappear. So I think she's just going to charge up full 30 feet of movement, get right kind of in line or, or a little bit ahead of Brutus and try to plant her shield sword at the ready in a defensive move, but turn back to Brutus and Cass and just be like, if we keep going with this, there's no going back. I don't know what's happening, but maybe we should get a better idea of what's going on here. And then we'll kind of turn generally out to anyone and just be like, what is it that you want? The goblins are the closest, and one of them is able to, like, catch your eye. We just want to come home. What's home? What does that Here, mean? We what were does... banished. We just want to come back. Our ancestors talked of this land. Destroy the obelisk, and we can be one people again. Banished? Banished to where? What What does that mean? And that's going to bring up the next in initiative, the kobolds, who are going to lash out at Cass. Because I made myself a threat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, 18's going to hit. Yeah, sure. And a 13? <laughs> that will tie, which that will hit. <laughs> the two kobolds that you didn't attack basically lunge forward and connect off to the sides of each other and stab in. And you are going to be taking eight points of damage in total from two daggers, one on each side. And then they kind of pop back out and just form their own little triangle. I think that, like... He gets slashed up and reacts with pain and then kind of like laughs and and is like just really having a good fucking time. <laughs> and then he like readies up again. The three remaining goblins, while Cass revels in the delight of war, seem to have figured out one Brutus quite well. Two of the three goblins crit. Both of them roll max damage. Yeah, I bet and they did. And Brutus 
gets his guard dropped by the first one as he kind of like overcommits, and the other two just jump out to the sides and shish kebab an X right through just his rib cage. Except Ooh. that. Oh, you have a reaction because you're close enough to him. And yeah, that's why JK. I said. There are two crits and a miss on him right now. They, they go. They try to do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And one of those crits instead suddenly feels a force as I throw the shield up. This is the one that I traded with Brutus. And this, I don't know, like wave of almost like fog just bursts out of it and slams into one of them. And it's going to force him to instead target one of his compatriots as the target of his attack. Dope. Go on. <laughs> as the rune that I experimentally inscribed into the back leather strap of this I activates. I love this. So making up mechanics on the fly, since they all went at the same time, it's hard to tell what happens first. So do you want higher low? Since low. there's two of his compatriots, great. So low. So I'm going to roll a d6, and on a one, okay. two, or three, he's going to be critting the one that's critting Brutus. Gotcha. I'm tracking. And on a one, the deflected attack will go before the other goblin's attack. Okay. I had to take it out because, of course, I roll the one. So Brutus is going to take <laughs> no damage as this yes! goblin that's a little bit faster. You see just has this wicked kill shot and you do this. It spins Brutus around. His shield just bats off one spear, turns this goblin around. The spear just goes straight past and into his compatriot. And he just crits right on through this other goblin. There are now two goblins that remain. Excellent use of a reaction. I don't get to use them that often because everyone's usually ahead of me. (laughs) (laughs) Offbeat Outlaw would be proud of you for that. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you just negated two crits with one reaction. I am delighted. I got overzealous and deserve it, um, so that's why I had to talk out if I was going to roll a one, and it it happened. I put it out there. That's on you, but I appreciate your willingness to own those mm-hmm, crazy mechanics mm-hmm, mm-hmm. speaking of crazy mechanics a legendary action is about to be taken the god of war is going to just take both axes and throw them and is going to take out two of the halfling gliders that have attached on to like the like sword handle type thing on top of the obelisk and just get blown out of the sky and instead of getting the axes back they just sail off and disappear and then brings out just like one overly massive claymore after that to rearm themselves and that is going to bring up the one remaining halfling squad who is now retreating because they are terrified uh the ship has gotten closer and the end of this initiative order there's just a pop behind the god of war who then shrinks down to about seven feet along with their claymore. And they look visibly confused. And they step off to the side and look behind them. Gary's here to play! Eleven Fates is an original D&D 5e campaign brought to you by the Torpid Gaming Network, a variety streaming channel and community for gamers of all kinds. Your cast includes Lady Bedivere, a.k.a. Alondra, Pylos, a.k.a. King of Pylos, a.k.a. Nestor, Sunset's Brew, a.k.a. Brew, a.k.a. Zep, 
and the Lord Bonk, aka Bonk, aka Mark, as the DM. You can catch new episodes of Eleven Fates streaming live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv slash torpidnetwork. Those episodes are made available as a podcast and on YouTube every following Saturday. Mostly. Make sure to follow us on all our social media at Torpid Network. Or hop directly into our Discord server so you get updates on upcoming live streams, podcasts, collaborations, and other projects. And remember, here at the Torpid Gaming Network, we do three things. We have fun, we get immersed, and we do, do epic, epic shit. shit. Thanks for listening. It sounds like, Jules, you're interested in training with Brutus? Well, I was, but when I realized that probably means that he's going to teach me how to fight with two shields, I became a lot less interested. I mean, we, we can craft your training towards uh, what you're interested in. He's he's real good at throwing a punch. He just uses shields as brass knuckles. <laughs> Say, Zep, this is a gift. You better take that fucking gift. <laughs> <laughs> and if you decide to pass, then I think Rowena and Brutus are going to bond over their mutual love of shields, and maybe she'll take him up on it. <laughs> fucking monsters. <laughs> <laughs>